Hello and welcome back to Starside Chat. It has been, what, two weeks now? It's been a little bit of time. We've taken some time off. We've both been pretty busy. Yeah, we've been busy uh, with work and of course we had a holiday last week and uh, I've also been sick recently so uh, (laughs) we've taken some time off but we are back. This is episode 13 and uh, I'm the host one of the hosts, Zach, and joining me is Aaron. Hello. So how have you been lately? I've been good. Uh, We both have played and finished a game in the interim, and uh, this kind of post-E3, there was some slight news coming out, but uh, it and also uh, SGDQ happened, so that was something that was taking up a lot of my time. But uh, yeah, I've been doing well. What about you? Uh, I mean, aside from getting sick for July 4th, um, <laughs> which was not great, I, I did get to spend time with family. I had family in town, so we hung out a bunch, so that was good. But yeah, otherwise, yeah, we played that one game that we're going to talk about eventually. We not will right talk now, about but, it. But yeah, maybe we should just jump right into the news. Before we do that, Zach, I want to tease something that's going to happen later in the episode. I have a big reveal I'm going to give to you. Uh-oh. It's good news. It's I think you'll like it. All right. Well, I am anticipating it then. Yes, anticipate it hard. (laughs) All right. So this is something that's uh, been on the newswire for a little while now, and it is that Google is maybe getting into the console game? Yes. Or they are going to create some sort of game streaming device? Now, I think it was last year, Atari, I think it was last E3 actually, Mm, Atari was like, we're coming back. We're making a console. It's not going to be like a classic console. We're getting into the console wars. And everyone was like, oh, this is crazy. And then they thought about it for a second. And they were like, oh, this is nothing. Because it's <laughs> insane. It's insane to think about someone coming up and being on the same level as Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. Like in the PC, obviously. But I mean, another console? I mean, that sounds insane to me. Yeah, well, it's kind of like the one thing you always think about is like nobody else can get into the like mobile operating system space. Like it's like a challenger trying to come in and compete with uh, Android and iOS. Yes, Like, like that. Like Microsoft tried with Windows Phone and that it was around for a while, but it's failed. And even Mm -hmm. like BlackBerry, like has basically gone over to all Android. Yeah. Uh, So I I think of it that way, where like another company trying to jump into the well-established console space is just like they face that kind of an uphill battle where it just seems incredibly unlikely that it would ever happen. But, but when it's a company like Google, I exactly. mean, maybe that, that's the thing. What could it be? Like, I've heard like rumblings of like they're courting uh, developers to make like original games, which is crazy to me. Like, this isn't going to be. Do you see this as being some sort of extension of Android or is this an entirely new thing? So that's I'm not sure um, because right now they have. Like the, uh, what is it, Android TV. Uh, And I have the Nexus Player, but that's mostly like NVIDIA stuff. Like you can play uh, games from the Google Play Store on it. Although most of them are like essentially phone ports of of games that you can just play with like a Bluetooth controller. Uh, So they're not necessarily designed to run on on like a console-like device. And then the rest of the stuff, yeah, is just stuff off the NVIDIA store. And that stuff is more like console quality like stuff. Like you can play The Witcher 3 on the NVIDIA Shield. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't have a lot of their own stuff. And it's like, obviously, it's not going to compete with the likes of Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft. It's, but as far as Google actually doing it themselves... I don't know. I don't, like you're right that they were talking about snatching up developers to make their own stuff, and I know that Apple has been doing the same thing, or at least they were. Nothing's really come of that, but they have developers to make games for them. So everybody kind of wonders if like Amazon, uh, Google, and uh, Apple are going to jump into the like 
console gaming market. And it, it hasn't happened yet, but crazy. I don't know what to think because Google has like dipped their toe into VR into a bunch of different other things. Like they had the Google Glass, like they're experimenting with AR and a bunch of other stuff. But I mean, worst case, this is some sort of box that you plug into your TV that is just like Android games, which is like that Ouya that came out, which was awful. Yeah, I kind of don't think it's going to be that just because we've seen that tried multiple times already and it's always failed miserably. Mm -hmm. So I, I just don't think that, like, why would you pour resources into another one of those projects? Yeah, it has to get, I mean, if it wants to separate, if it wants to be a competitor, it has to get AAA games. It has to, I mean, it's something where if you want to get like Overwatch even, that's what we're going to talk about next, but uh, like Overwatch level stuff. And if it's, in the form factor of like a Chromecast and it's completely streaming, that's something I would want to take a look at because they would have to get latency right. But if it's like streaming well, so first. So that's the big question because the rumors that have been circling around whatever Microsoft and Sony are doing for the next generation of consoles is also like they want to lean hard into streaming because mm -hmm. obviously uh, it cuts down on costs for them because they don't have to manufacture all these discs and boxes and send them around and everything. You can just like download or not even download, just like stream a game straight from one of their servers. Uh -huh. So it's less expensive for them. But the problem is that I don't think the infrastructure, at least in the United States, is there for most of us to actually be able to pull it off well. It's very true. If you're living in a rural community where internet is still like where you don't have like broadband or like uh, gigabit level internet, it's going to be a factor. <laughs> you're not going to be able to, you're going to get lag input lag pretty hardcore. I feel like there's a large portion of the United States where a like a console that um, depended solely on game streaming would just be horrendous to try to play as your like main game system so i i don't know i like there remains to be seen maybe they've figured something out that we don't know about and they're gonna show it off and it's gonna blow everybody away but uh i feel like they need fiber and like really high-end like broadband service all around the world basically before this can be a reality Here's my next question, Zach, is when do we see more of this, if we ever see more of it? Is it next E3? Are they that plugged into the market where they realize like that would be... Or is it the Game Awards that happened in December? Is it an event or is it something where there's like a week, some week in the uh, year, they're just like, hey, take a look at this. So you think it, like if they have something that they are that close to being ready to launch... Because I feel like if they were going to do this and they wanted to compete with Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo, they would probably be trying to line it up with the launch of the next Sony and Microsoft consoles. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. That and, could that probably is what's going to happen. And like this, especially if they're wanting to get into streaming, um, it could be a couple of years out. So like, yeah. say 2021, um, we start saying like that's kind of the suspected launch of maybe like the ps5 and the next xbox like it wouldn't surprise me to see google get whatever they're making out in that timetable mm -hmm. like somewhere in that area that's very interesting yeah i didn't think about that but they probably will man that'll be crazy if we have another press conference to watch and it's google at e3 and they have yeah. their own like dedicated stuff and their own console exclusives that would be insane well, well and here's the other thing if google gets involved does that put pressure on apple and amazon to also get involved mm. apple and amazon are both spending a bunch of money on television and like movie content right now well so, they are yeah because they're they're wanting to get into more of the streaming stuff the um, like home video streaming mm -hmm. which I guess Google is doing as well with like YouTube red um, yeah I mean to a lesser extent but but they also like Google has YouTube gaming and Amazon owns twitch so they have like a vested interest in the gaming industry yeah so I don't know I guess it wouldn't surprise me to see them try to launch some sort of 
stream game streaming service at some point, but who knows how it's going to go or when it'll when it'll be. Well, should we move on to the next item? I suppose we should. Zach, you love Overwatch. I do. I've been trying for a long time to get you to play Overwatch again. I played it when it came out. I know, but I want you to jump back in and join <laughs> me. And maybe a good time would be whenever the the new hero comes to... Like right now it's on the PTR, which I do not play on the PTR. But uh, it's... What is his name? Hammond is the name of the character, uh, but the the hero's name is Wrecking Ball, and he's this little hamster inside this big, like almost like a diva style mech. It's kind of like a cross between uh, diva and um, what's the other one? Maybe Orissa is a good example. So his default form is to be in a ball. Is that correct? Yeah. So he will, he can roll around uh, and then he'll like. In third person. Yeah. In third person. And then he'll like set up and he has these guns that shoot. And it, it, from what I've seen, it looks like it maybe feels a little bit like D.Va firing. You do have to reload. uh, And the reload animation looks a little bit like. Uh, Bastion when he's uh, standing up and walking around mm. um, but yeah his thing is so he has this ability where he can like send out this it's kind of like a chain and he can like swing around in his ball form in the the you know from the chain so he can pick up a lot of momentum and sort of fling himself high in the air and then he has this like ground pound move that like knocks everybody up into the air What's so lay tell me all of his like what's his shift and like what's his uh super ultimate or whatever. So one of them is that to shoot out this chain. Yeah, so it's uh grappling claw that it's like a uh you launch it so that and it like hits the wall or whatever and then you can like swing around. So you can like you also uh, like will do collision damage. So like when you hit somebody, it'll hurt them and knock them back. Uh, and then you, yeah, you can fling yourself up in the air and you use, uh, this move called pile driver that slams down into the ground and launches enemies up into the air and does damage to them. Oh, interesting. Uh, and then you also have this adaptive shield that creates like a, like personal shields. Uh, and it, the cool trick to it is that the amount of shields you get increases, with more the number of enemies around you. So if you have a bunch of enemies around you, you can get a massive shield. So like survivability should be pretty good with this guy. Is it a tank? Uh it is. It is a tank. Interesting. And the ultimate is this minefield that like so you basically deploy like a bunch of little proximity mines in like mm-hmm. a square. And uh I haven't really seen this in action because, again, I have not, I'm not on the PTR. Uh, but it seems pretty cool. It, I'm not sure how practical things like the grappling claw and the pile driver are, but I can see, like, really skilled players getting really good at just, like, navigating the map super fast by, like, swinging around and then, like, launching themselves or, uh, with the grappling claw and then, like, slamming down on enemies with the pile driver. So it seems like it could be a pretty fun character. Interesting. I used to watch that seagull guy play all the time. I wonder, does he still play? Uh, he does. I think he's on one of the he's on one of the the teams in the Overwatch League. Oh, really? Yeah, I want to say he's on Dallas, the Dallas team. Maybe I'll take a look. It's interesting to me. I like an interesting. I'm pro. I'm pro interesting, creative, new characters. What? are the free games this month zach oh yeah uh so it's absolver for on ps4 and heavy rain and i believe rayman 3 i guess that's ps3 which we don't care as much about but yeah i'm curious about the absolver game did you play that at all no it was something that was on my radar for a long time i love the art style of it and i love uh did you ever play god hand back in the day no. It's a PS2 game that I played one time, and uh, the, the soundtrack is what's really good about it. But uh, it was similar in that you sort of like, you acquired moves and you made your own combos, which I think is a core gameplay mechanic of Absolver. 
but it also has some like somewhat destiny-esque style not have to do having to do with loot but having to do with like uh it's kind it's kind of like an mmo in that you can run into other players but you don't really and i think you can join like guilds and there's like guild masters and there's a bunch of different ways to play like a bunch of different fighting styles and you can get really in-depth customizing the way that you fight and it looked really really cool to me but for whatever reason i never picked it up but now i it's basically it's free so i there's no reason not to yeah, I vaguely recall this game coming, uh, well, not necessarily when it came out, but like the hype leading up to it, mm-hmm. because it did seem pretty cool. Uh, I didn't original. know much about it, but uh, people were like really hyped for it, and then it just came out and nobody talked about it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's weird. Uh, so yeah, I'd be interested in checking it out for sure, especially since it's free. Um, but that's on PSN, on Xbox Live. Assault Android Cactus, which is a game I've never heard of before. Yeah, I, I don't know what that is. And Smite, which I have heard of. Oh, uh, that's a MOBA, isn't it? I believe so, yeah. Uh, I don't really care about MOBAs. Not really, yeah. Not really a thing for me. I'm not really into MOBAs either. Well, anyway, those are the free games of the month. Absolver uh, is my recommendation, having I mean, never played it. Uh, we've been doing videos for like at least one of the free games of the month uh, lately, and I'd like to do one on Absolver, so maybe we'll download yeah. that and give it a shot. I hope you that. Uh, but let's move on to the new games that are coming out that you can buy. Yes, so something that's already out came out on July 3rd. This is something you're interested in, I think. Red Faction Guerrilla Remastered. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a dumb name. because I, like I mean, it's remastered, but they're like trying to make a pun because it's on Mars, so it's remastered. Uh, yeah, we did uh, a blind spotting on Red Faction Guerrilla a yes. few months ago, and when I heard that they were going to release a remaster, I was pretty excited because this was one of my favorite games from the 360 generation, and uh, the cool thing about it is if you own the Steam edition of Red Faction Guerrilla, you get this version for free. Oh, that's awesome. So you get this version? Yep. So I've had it. I downloaded it. I've played some of it, and we're going to do a uh, a video on it coming up uh, later this week. Um, Excited. So, yeah. uh, And I believe I saw it for like 10 bucks on Steam. That was probably during the Steam sale, though. Yeah, yeah, during the Steam sale. So it might still be on sale. I'm not sure. You'd probably have to jump on it pretty quick if you wanted to. But the the big news is this is available on PS4 and Xbox One for the first time. And because it's remastered, it um, it can go up to 4K. So that's pretty cool. Um, The Basically, what I've noticed is better lighting and shadows on it uh, and some reworked textures. But... Um, yeah, really fun game. Uh, it'll make you wonder why games have not continued to offer like fully destructible environments because it's so much fun just running around <laughs> destroying everything. Uh, anyway, that's Red Faction Guerrilla. Um, they also, uh, on July 13th, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker is coming to Switch and 3DS. Now, this is a game that isn't this already out? Uh, on 3DS or some version of this is already out, but it's coming to Switch. I yeah, I, it was my impression that this was like a port for the Switch. Oh yeah, it's a port of a, a Wii U game. I heard also that this some gives gives some people uh, motion sickness. Oh really? Because you're basically it's in somewhat like um, uh, Fez, but like much more or much less analog. Because you can you're constantly spinning the game. Or like spinning the the map, and it can give you a little bit of motion sickness. But this is a game I'm interested in. I like a little. I mean, I loved Fez, and this is not exactly like Fez, but uh, I like a thing where you're dropped into a little finite level, and you have to kind of hunt around and find stuff. So this is something that I might pick up on Switch. Is it anything like those? Uh, what was it? Um, I keep wanting to say Silicon Valley or Stardew Valley, but it's not that. It's the ones on mobile. Something Valley. What is the name of that game? Oh, Monument Valley? Yes, Monument Valley. I think it is somewhat like that. That more is like, uh, that game is heavily focused on like optical illusions and things like that. And you're basically just, it's just a traversal puzzle, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Whereas this is, you're actually like collecting stuff. And I don't think there's any uh, combat okay. or anything, but it's, it's much more puzzly, I think. 
Gotcha. Yeah. So I mean, I'd be interested in checking it out. I didn't. I never finished Fez, but I liked what I played of it. So maybe we'll check that out. Um, if you end up downloading it, you should definitely uh, do a video. Yeah, we could do that. Uh, also, July thirteenth, Octopath Traveler is coming yes. out. Yes. Is this something you're gonna get? Uh, I mean, probably not. Yeah. I have too much to do i want to say but um i don't know like jrpgs sometimes i'm into them i have to be in the right mood um and i did download one of the demos like one of the earlier demos for it and i just i couldn't get into it so uh i think a lot of people are super excited for it though i love the art style i wish i was more interested in it but just like the gameplay is not super interesting to me. I like, for, like for an RPG. I mean, I played Final Fantasy VII a ton of times, but uh, nowadays I think I need more of like a Final Fantasy Tactics to get interested. Mm. Like turn, just strict turn-based is not super interesting to me. Yeah. But uh, I, I love the art style. I hope uh, something else comes of this. Like if the company makes more interesting games like that, sort of like. Uh, 2.5 D sort of. Uh, I wish it was just something I actually wanted to play. <laughs> I know. I do think the art style looks pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I just I don't have a lot of interest in it. So, uh, moving on, Sonic Mania Plus is coming out July seventeenth. This is something I'm definitely going to buy. This is on uh, PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Switch. Would you buy it on Switch? I, w- I would. I have Sonic Mania on Switch, and I played it a ton. Sonic is... I had a Sega growing up, and also, just, like, during college, I had a Sega emulator, and I would just, like... Right when I discovered podcast, I would just play Sonic & Knuckles over and over and over again, to the point where I could beat it in, like, 25 minutes or something, uh, and just, like, listen to podcasts. So I have a <laughs> deep love for Sonic, and... Sonic Mania was great. I played it a ton on the go on Switch because it's great. It has multiplayer. And uh, this looks great. They're adding two new characters, a flying squirrel and an armadillo. And they both have like their own Knuckles-esque uh, abilities. And uh, it looks great. There's an encore mode that's like a, it adds new levels and like new remixed levels. And they change some of the bosses around. I'm super, super excited for this. It's only $5 also. I was so, going to say, is this a DLC or a, a standalone thing? Well, it's two things because it's a DLC. I already own Mania. Mm. so And this is called Mania Plus, Sonic Mania Plus. So it's only $5 for me. Or you can buy the whole thing for like, I think, $35. And it's getting a physical release. Mm. So if you want to hold off and get a physical release of Sonic Mania, which I kind of am regretting buying it because I would love to have a physical cartridge of it. Because also I think the box art is going to be really cool. And there's a cool image on on like the reversible sleeve but uh yeah if you don't have sonic mania and you are a fan of classic sonic games like this is a an excellent iteration in the series and you should definitely pick it up uh next up on xbox one no man's sky this is a game you played zach pre the all the controversy or probably during the controversy you Uh, were enjoying it I started playing it, I think, day one. So I was right in there, right as the controversy was happening. And, uh, yeah, I I think I got about five to eight good hours out of it before I realized uh, that that was all there was going to be for the rest of the, like, <laughs> 50 hours of game. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've added just, like, a ton to it just over time where I think if they were to release the game... Uh, on this release date, which July 24th, and they had everything that they have added to the game up till now, and it didn't launch like a couple of years ago, then it probably would have been fine, honestly, because they've they added, added that much stuff to they? it. Uh, I think so. I think they were talking and, about like, that. Like base building also? Yeah, yeah. They've added a ton of stuff to it and like missions and all this stuff. So... If this was a game that you saw all the like negative reaction to and you just steered clear of it, uh, you're probably wise, but I think it's safe to give it a shot now if you're still interested at all. Um, I like mm. the art style of it. I like the idea of it. It's just the idea of being able to like uh, you start on a planet, you go, you gather some resources 
to get some upgrades and then you jump in your ship and you fly straight up in the air and you <laughs> go straight out into space and you see another planet and you fly straight over to it and then you fly straight down and land on it and there's not a single loading screen. And you can essentially do this an infinite number of times because there's an infinite number of planets to go explore. Um, the idea of that is very, very compelling to me. It just wasn't executed very well out of the gate. But I think if you were to try it now, you'd probably enjoy it a lot more than people did when it first came out. So Maybe we'll do a video on it because you still have it, right? Do you get all the updates for free? Uh, I would assume so. Uh, yeah. I could. I think I might still be on my PS4. I'm not sure. I, would, I might have to re-download it. Um, but yeah, we could do that. We could check it out and see what's different. Maybe talk yeah. about uh, my impressions of it when it first came out and see what it's like now. So that could be interesting. But anyway, those are all the games that have are coming out this month. So what's our next story? Zach, you and I are both a fan of Taika Waititi, and the first time I heard of him was What We Do in the Shadows, which was a, a little indie movie set in New Zealand that was like a mockumentary about vampires. What was your was that also your introduction to him? Uh, I believe so, yeah. I After uh, What We Do in the Shadows, I looked up a bunch of his other movies and have gotten caught up on his filmography, basically. But yeah, that was my introduction to him. And then, of course, he, he directed the Thor movie. Thor Ragnarok. That's true. Now, that what we do in the shadows ended up being a very hot prop, very hot property, because uh, like it's exploding into a bunch of different things. There's going to be, I think, there's just going to be a straight sequel. There's going to be a TV show on FX in America that I think is about the vampires. There's going to be a sequel. Oh no, the sequel is called Weird Wolves, which is about the werewolves. Yeah, and then that's there's the going to be, I think a a TV show about the vampires also in New Zealand. And then also there is another TV show, which actually has a trailer and is coming out soon. It's called Wellington Paranormal. And it's about the cops that show up or it's like a, basically I think they're in it, but uh, basically about the precinct in the town that the movie takes place in. And it's sort of like a paranormal, like X-Files style thing, but mockumentary yeah. and very funny. I was going to say, we, we should say for people who aren't aware of what we do in the shadows, it's a hilarious mockumentary. It's probably the funniest movie I've seen in years. And uh, yeah, so I'm very excited about everything because I don't I'm not into horror mm -hmm. and all of this sounds like horror stuff. It's like a vampire documentary and like, uh, you know, Wellington Paranormal. But it's so funny and um, it's got. Taika Waititi's sense of humor all over it and he's got a great sense of humor so uh, yeah I the, the one thing is are we going to be able to watch this in the United States now the first episode is on July 11th which is tomorrow so it's premiering in New Zealand and I'm not sure exactly what how we're going to be able to watch it yeah uh, but it premieres tomorrow so it could very well be that we could watch it tomorrow. I am very excited about that. Uh, I I hope it just is a thing that will pop up on like Google Play or something. Yeah, that would be great. If we could watch it immediately. I'm just worried there's going to be like, I don't know what the saturation of people who know about what we do in the shadows is. I don't know how much they're going to be like trying to get this to America ASAP. I feel like uh, YTD has enough fans abroad that mm -hmm. um like he knows and like he's very like social media savvy as well so That's you, true yeah you would think that like he's probably gonna have enough people tweeting at him saying hey we want to watch wellington paranormal that he'll uh, i don't know maybe have some info for us or i don't know i want to say he's one of the producers so maybe he'll have some sort of poll to uh, get the show on some sort of place where we can find it and watch it. I would love that. It's kind of like, uh, what's that Canadian show that we like? Oh, uh, Nirvana, the man, the show. Yeah. Nirvana, the man, the show. That's a show. Nobody knows about that though. Nobody... Like only 24 people have commented or have like written reviews of that on Google play. That's the thing. Like they're little shows, little comedy shows that are not, uh, in the U S obviously, but, 
people have been able to watch them because they're up on uh, different streaming services or you can buy the season on like Google Play or iTunes or something like that. So I, I'm hoping Wellington Paranormal will also be there. I haven't checked to see if there's a listing for it yet, but uh, that's something we should definitely keep an eye out for. Yeah, definitely. And maybe we'll do a star side flicks on what we do in the shadows just to like refresh everybody on how great that was. I would and if love we can end that. up watching it. Well, if we can end up watching it, maybe we do like a watch along where we like review every episode. That would be fun too. That would also be awesome. Yeah, I would totally do that. We'll see. TBD. We'll see what happens tomorrow if we're able to watch it. Yep. Uh, so next up, what do we got? Nintendo is looking to release 20 to 30 indie games on Switch per week. That, that is amazing. That is an insane number of releases. Starting when? Starting right now? Uh, I believe so. I'm not sure if there was like a hard start date to that. I think they were just saying our plan is to try to release. Like they, they say they already average 15 to 25 releases a week. Uh, but they're, so their aim to be on average would be between 20 and 30. Uh, That's great news. That'd be like 1,300 games a year. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's such a back catalog of great indie games. It's just a matter of porting over stuff. And well, I that, think they, that's the thing is the Switch is like the home for ports right now. Yeah. So they they've got I, I, a ton of stuff they could port. Unlike previous Nintendo consoles, they've done a really good job of I think like working with developers to get stuff onto their system, and they, I think they built it with that in mind. So it's a lot easier to port things over. So. I'm pro this. There's a lot of games where I'm just like, oh man, I, I want to replay that, or like, I really wish I had played that when it came out. And for it to be coming out on Switch is like a really good excuse to either buy something or uh, replay something that yeah. just like is on. I can do anywhere. I will say, yeah, like I, I, we've talked recently about how I kind of have been replaying uh, Skyrim a little bit because it came yes. out on Nintendo Switch, um, and yeah, it, like. Games that I like a lot that I've played a few years ago and like think about now and then and wouldn't mind replaying, if they come out on Switch, like that's a perfect excuse to go ahead and rebuy it and replay it because yeah, you can play it anywhere. Uh, and I, I was also we were talking before we started recording uh, about how I'm also sort of starting a new playthrough of the original Mass Effect game, and I was thinking. When I started playing the game, I'm playing it on PC. I was like, man, I really want them to release, do like a remaster release of the the trilogy and put it on Switch because that would be awesome. I feel like that's ripe to happen because Andromeda was such a disaster. I feel like they need to wipe the slate clean in a, maybe not this year, but like in a couple of years, I could see them being like, hey, here's the entire trilogy of Mass Effect. This is all there was. Don't think about anything else. And here's a new Mass Effect yeah. coming out. Remember think, your feelings about the original trilogy. I think you're right. I think once like Anthem comes out, and like it probably won't be until after the next Dragon Age game, which is further mm. out than Anthem. And yeah. then they'll, they'll, they're probably going to be moving on to whatever the next Mass Effect game is. And one way to maybe help remind people uh you know what a good thing mass effect once was would be to re-release the the trilogy and it could even be one of those things like we talked about the um red faction guerrilla remastered edition release that feels an awful lot like a company trying to get a sense of what the interest level is in the red faction name yeah, I feel like if they were to like wait until after Anthem, re-release the the Mass Effect as a remastered uh, trilogy, that could be their way of getting a sense for you know what the interest level is. So and maybe it'll tell them something. Maybe they'll learn from it. Um, so my hope is that that's still on the table. Uh, there's been talk about a like remastered edition of those games for current gen consoles for a few years now, uh, even before Mass Effect Andromeda came out. And the the line was always, well, EA doesn't like doing remasters. They don't like mm. tying up their developers with uh, 
remaking old stuff to release. They want them working on new stuff. Uh, but I think they would have a good cause for doing so for yeah. the Mass Effect series. So For sure. Uh, so what, Zach, do, what is this about a certain villain? Zach, do you like Joaquin Phoenix? Sometimes. Do you like the guy who directed the Hangover movies? Who directed the Hangover movies? Todd Phillips. That is a very generic name. Um, <laughs> what else has he directed? I don't remember. Okay. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed the first Hangover movie. I think that's what most people would say. I agree. Uh, Zach, they're doing his Joker origin movie, and Joaquin Phoenix is going to play him, and it's directed by the guy who made The Hangover. That all sounds not real. <laughs> well, it's real, I think. <laughs> so this guy known for his comedy movie is going to make an origin story about a DC villain starring somebody you would not expect to play Joker or be a new in, Joker. Yeah. Uh, like a hero film. Now this is not the Jared Leto movie that apparently is also Jared Leto directing. This is another thing, even though, and it's an origin story, even though walking Phoenix is definitely older then yeah that i'm all the more reason why this sounds like something that's not real but i guess it is i don't know i mean what's what is happening with dc really like they don't what wb doesn't really know what they're doing and i think they have realized that they don't know what they're doing and so their new company line is like nothing has to be connected let's (laughs) just make movies and like these are the characters and it's kind of a shared universe, but let's talk about multiverses because, like, if something doesn't work, we can just kick it to the curb. I don't know about this. I'm not into any of the DC movies I've seen so far other than um, Wonder Woman. That was a good movie. But That's the only one I've seen. I never saw Suicide Squad. I never saw Justice League. I never saw Batman versus Superman. They all just look like CGI trash to me. So I They, and they Wonder were. Woman, they were I, I know that they were. Uh, Wonder Woman looked like it was going to be at least based somewhat in reality, even though it ended up ending in a giant CGI trash yeah, fight. Yeah. But uh, I still enjoyed it, and I liked... I like anything where someone has, like, a... That's why I like superhero movies. I like anything where someone has, like, a secret, especially, like, a secret identity. So, like, I liked Chris Pine coming and being like, what is all this? And, like, uh, them going into the real world and her, like, being super powerful and, like, people realizing that. I like anything where, like, someone has a secret... And they're like hiding it. And then there's a big reveal. There's like an aha moment. But uh, I don't know. Uh, this Joker movie, I don't know what it could be. I just feel like, is he going to be a, an anti-hero in this? Like, what even is anything? Is Batman going to be in this? Are they like really dropping the whole pretense of it being one big shared universe? Because are we to believe that something happens to Joaquin Phoenix so that he starts looking like Jared Leto? No. I can't imagine that's the case. I think this is legitimately a separate thing. <laughs> uh, why? I mean, it's kind of like comics. So, like, in comics, there's just, like, they, a bunch of different stories that aren't necessarily connected. People are just, like, doing their own thing. So, in some ways, it makes sense, but that's never really been done in movies. Like, I guess kind of like Spider-Man, how there's, like, a bunch of different Spider-Men, but, like... It's going to take a lot for the audience to be like... I remember when uh, when they were talking about the new uh, Batman movie, like the next Superman was going to be Batman v Superman. I was talking to someone, a layman, and uh, they were like, oh, so like Batman's going to be Joseph Gordon-Levitt now, right? Because in the last movie, it turns out that uh, he finds the Batcave. And I was like, no. That's not how movies work. Like, it's not connected in any way. There's a new person in charge. Yeah. Like, forget about Christopher Nolan movies. Yeah, this and is he not, couldn't wrap his head around that. This is not Christopher Nolan's series this anymore. This is going to freak everyone out. Like, it's not going to be... People are going to be like, why are there two Jokers? I don't understand this. Yeah, this will be really confusing. Like, it's already confusing and the movies haven't come out yet. Uh, it also feels a little bit like Disney's approach to Star Wars, where it's like... Well, this was a line in this movie. Let's make a prequel about it to explain that. at that. least is grounded in things. Like, they're playing by a rule book. This is just like... No, this no, would be like, they're, well, they're like... 
you know, we got these characters like Han Solo. Let's do an origin for them. Let's origin everyone. And except in this case, it's a villain. It's not even like one of the good guys. So we'll like, a, a, typically your character arc, they learn something, right? And they become better for it. That can't be the way this goes because he's a villain. He has to become worse. Those, those... We, I mean, we don't know. It could be completely separate from anything. It could be just a standalone movie. Are we supposed to root for the Joker? That's what I'm... I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. This just... It feels unnecessary and weird, and I don't quite get it. And <laughs> there's been nothing other than Wonder Woman up to this point in the DC Cinematic Universe that makes me excited to see anything that they're doing. So this is not really news that I care about. We'll see. Walking Phoenix is a crazy guy. Uh, he made that fake documentary a while ago with Casey Affleck. Yeah. And he made a movie that is like a little bit like a Joker movie, kind of. Uh, what's that one where he has a hammer that just came out? A hammer? You know no. I think it's called like, Are You? Were You Ever Really There? Or Am I Here? Or something oh, like that. He had a hammer in that? I feel like I in the trailer he's like killing a bunch of people with a hammer. That, this was years ago, though, because I remember he went on, like, it was Letterman, maybe? And he was, like, in character, and it was a super awkward interview. Yeah, the documentary. I'm talking about a movie that came out this year. It's called uh, You Were Never Really Here. Is that different than I Am Still Here? Uh, is that what the movie was called? I think so. Mm, You're confusing it's I'm me. I'm Still Here, yeah. I'm Still Here is from 2010, and... Yeah, You Were Never Really Here came out in 2017. Ah, okay. <laughs> this actually looks really good. This looks kind of like a taxi driver style thing. He's like a kind of like a fixer and a child goes missing and he's like a really messed up guy. I mean, this looks like what a Joker movie would be where he's just kind of like a weirdo and uh, he's like being violent. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I think I vaguely recall seeing like a Google playlisting for that now that you mention it, but I have not seen it. I think someone probably saw this and they were like, man, Walking Phoenix is, cra- he plays crazy violent really well. I bet he would be a good Joker because he also has a crazy beard in this. So like I could see that being the genesis for this, but I don't know. Well, but the thing is I like, we were all surprised when Heath Ledger got the part of the Joker and everyone mm-hmm. was like, that's not going to be good. And then he knocked it out of the park. So it's like, true. it's possible stranger things have happened, but like, I always think of Joaquin Phoenix as like the quiet, like scary kind of crazy and like creepy. That's a good point. Not like over the top kind of goofy fun bad guy. But well, what if that's what if that's the reimagining of the Joker? This is the quiet, creepy, ultra violent Joker. It could be, and I guess Todd Phillips is a uh, he's done humor, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe It'll be interesting to see. Maybe he'll do it. Who knows? This news just came out today, so it, it's, it remains to be seen if this even gets made. But <laughs> I just thought it was an interesting casting. It it is. It's interesting casting for sure. Should we talk about things that we have been doing? Yeah, so we mentioned at the the start of this that we had both finished a game uh, during our off time, and that game was The Last of Us. Yes, The Last of Us was free, or no, it was like super cheap. Yeah, it was like Uh, 10 bucks. It was crazy cheap, it was like $10, it was the remastered version for PS4. So I I think the way it went was you were like, hey, Last of Us is really cheap, and I was like, what? And you were like, yeah, it's $10. And then I sent you a picture of me installing it yeah. because I have been meaning to play it and they're like now is a good enough time and both of us just like hammered through it I beat it in like a day and a half and you were busy so it took you a little longer but uh this is a game I really enjoyed I also really enjoyed it uh I kind of wasn't sure if this was going to be up my alley or not because I'm kind of zombied out you know what I mean mm-hmm. uh but I was completely won over uh just by the characters in it and um, the stealth and um, just sort of the kind of realistic portrayal of a post-apocalyptic setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, obviously, it's, I mean, there are zombies. How realistic can that be? But, like, it's not, like, over-the-top combat, right? In fact, you'd probably want to avoid combat, if at all possible. Yeah, and there were large sections of the game where I completely avoided combat. 
Yeah. And I don't know. I got really uh, invested in the story and I found that that just sort of grounded it for me. The the fact that the combat was so uh, realistic, like you don't want to take more than like a hit or two, like you mm-hmm. will die basically. And so you do want to kind of pick your battles and try to be really stealthy and avoid uh, enemies if possible. Yeah, the story was what had me like not being able to put the controller down. Like I think my first play session I played for like five hours or something crazy. Like I just kept wanting to see where the story was going. And the, I, I was playing it on a little on easy just because I am not super in. Like I was mainly about the story is what I wanted. Right. And so it all felt fluid and nice. And I never got there was never an area where I just like had to keep replaying. There was like one area where I had to keep replaying over and over again. I think that's when I changed it to easy. But uh, yeah, I just the story just like really uh, pulled me in and I, I kept wanting to turn the page. Yeah, well, Naughty Dog is very good at storytelling in their games. They they are very cinematic, and um, but the the thing I think this game did better than uh, some of the Uncharted games is like uh, some of those Uncharted games. There would be long sections where I would get to the point um, where I was just like, "Can I just like skip?" like the rest of this <laughs> i just want to get back to the next story cutscene because i want to exactly. find out what happens next and so it felt like it would drag on too long that never happened in this game um it was, yeah, just, it was sort of like uncharted minus the puzzles yeah it was uh way better paced i thought than I agree. uh the uncharted games even the fourth one i haven't played the fourth one but you have uh the fourth one's very good but that one felt really long in the tooth by uh towards the end of it and it yeah. definitely got to the point where i was like all right i'm ready to just be in the next cutscene. can we move it along and i always had like more traversal or puzzles to do so or combat. The, the worst thing about Uncharted is, like, lengthy combat sections. Yes, especially the first one. Yeah. And I think there is some, like, combat sections in this game that, like, I'm usually pretty bad at stealth games where I try to start out being sneaky and then I always get caught and have to end uh, the section guns blazing. Uh, <laughs> that happened a couple of times during my playthrough. Uh, but it wasn't that bad. I didn't find it to be um, uh, irritating to the point where I just wanted to move on to the next thing. So, yeah, I thought it was an incredibly well done. And it has gotten both of us very excited for The Last of Us Part Two. Yes. So when that comes out, expect a bunch of videos on that. Zach, I have a reveal. Okay. Are you ready for this? Uh, I am on the edge of my seat. Zach, I started watching The Expanse. Oh, man. So, are you enjoying it? I'm liking it a lot. I ha- I think I'm three episodes in. Oh, yeah? Oh, man. I almost wish I could watch it with you. So, uh, <laughs> over the holiday week, my brother and I are super into The Expanse. And uh, we were hanging out with family uh, like all week, basically. And so we knew this would be a show that my dad would be into as well. So mm-hmm. we all like, we sat him down and we're like, all right, we're going to watch this show. And so we've been like, uh, we did some marathoning of it and we've gotten mm-hmm. partway into season two. Uh, and just like rewatching the show, like you, I forgot how good it was. Uh, and it just like keeps getting better as it goes. I will say the one thing I have to I have to watch it with subtitles on sometimes. Yeah, we also watch it with subtitles on. Because some people, I don't really understand what they're saying. And also, there's a lot of like proper nouns and like world building going on. People are throwing out things and you sort of have to, like, I almost want to like pause it sometimes and be like, okay, what are they talking about? Yeah, we, like, we've instance, done that as well. <laughs> so you're not I'm alone. I'm three episodes in. Who are the OPA? So the OPA is the Outer Planetary Alliance. They're basically like a, um, they're kind of like a terrorist group. Um, okay. So like that you have, so there's Earth, Mars, and the Belt, right? And the Belt, right. the people in the Belt, basically, um, they are responsible for like hauling ice and water and minerals 
to the inner planets, basically. They supply them with all this stuff. And so they kind of feel a little bit used and like Earth and Mars don't care about them or um, they feel like lesser citizens, basically. And so the OPA is basically this terrorist group that um, is doesn't necessarily represent all belters, but they are like a smaller group that wants basically equality for the belt as well. And they kind of don't like the inner planets. I guess what I don't understand is why isn't everyone, is it called Cersei? Is that the place that they hang out on? Ceres. Ceres. That's right. Uh, why isn't everyone there crazy rich? Cause like if it was the middle East and they were getting oil from there, everybody there is super rich. Like why is there a water limit to everybody? If that's where all the water is coming from. Well, so their series station, right? It's kind of like you harvest the water, but you don't get to keep it. You have to send it elsewhere. So even if you would think that by you harvesting it, you would have all the resources to yourself, you don't you don't have it because you have to give it away basically. So they're they're mm. being used cuz they're also really not making a lot of money off of it, so it seems. That's crazy, cause like that's like the num they in like the pre crawl of the show they were like the number one priority the number one currency basically is water. Yep. So uh, I think you're on the side of the belters and saying that's not fair, right? Yeah, I mean it doesn't make any sense. Why not just like harvest a little more and keep it there to keep the station nice and going? Yeah. Well, and uh, so. The other reason why it's difficult to understand what they're saying sometimes is that the belters kind of have their own lingo and their yeah, own... Yeah, they have like... They're speaking like patois or some nonsense. They have their own language kind of, and it's sort of a mix of other languages, uh, and it's also kind of like a slang. So if you don't uh, kind of understand some of that, at least uh, the early going, it can be kind of tough to follow what mm-hmm. the, the people from the belt are saying. Uh, but otherwise, yeah. I really like it though. I'm watching it with my girlfriend, so I can't watch it again until we get together. But I think we're going to watch like, try and watch like three or four more episodes this weekend if I go. Uh, so I'm very excited to watch more of it. I'm like, I like how slow it is and I like the, all of the world building. Um, I don't think there's anything I have like questions, but I feel like they're going to be answered. Yeah. That's the one thing. Like, I feel like you're going to have a lot of questions, but if you keep watching those things will be revealed. Like they're definitely going to go back and like talk about what was happening on that, uh, like scopuli or whatever. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's like the central mystery of season one. Cause I was very interested. I don't know what was going on when she like opened that door in the very beginning. And there was like the crazy, like, energy drive or whatever and then there was seemingly like a man inside of it yeah so this is all stuff that is like this the core mystery that's uh sort of unfolding over the course of the first season so stay stay with it and those questions will be answered i will i'm going to i'm very excited to watch more uh but yeah it's very good it's probably the best show on tv right now and That's it, what everyone says. And it's yeah. gonna not be on TV soon because it's going to Amazon for the fourth season. Yeah, I. You think it's gonna change in quality at all, or do you think it's gonna remain the same? The one complaint I've heard is some people have said uh, they want the production quality to be a little higher. Like when it goes to like CG, it kind of looks like uh, old school CG. Yeah. Well, I mean, TV budgets, you'll have that. It it doesn't look like top quality, like theater release stuff but Mm. it's still pretty good yeah it is really good i mean i like all the little effects in it like when they pour the water and it kind of like moves to the side i think that was a cool thing and i like how i guess all the belters are supposed to be like super tall even though sometimes they aren't they're supposed to be sort of thin and like their their bones are kind of thin and elongated from Mm -hmm. growing up in zero g uh, that's the other thing that I kind of like about the series a lot is that it's sort of based on real science. It's not like yeah. science fantasy. It's more like science fiction. It, it's like believable, a believable future. It's basically. hard sci-fi. Yeah. Uh, so I enjoy that aspect about it as well. 
Very cool. I'm super glad that you're into it because I was yeah. going to make another uh, plea to get you to start <laughs> watching the show. So now I don't have to. Yeah. I'm excited to talk more about it with you. So maybe. Yeah, maybe I'll finish season one off. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, you should weekend. finish season one and then we'll do like a recap. Yeah, for sure. What else? Uh, I watched Sicario 2. Did you? Oh, how was it? Uh, it was pretty good. It was not as good as the first one. Hmm. Uh, different director. Um, the director of the first one, uh, Denis Villeneuve, directed uh, Blade Runner 2048. Is that right? 2049. 2049, yeah. And uh, Arrival. Dune now. Yeah, so I like that director a lot. So this was not him, but it was still pretty good. I think it was the same writer, and I want to say set up for a trilogy. Oh, yeah, for sure. So did you watch it? No, I didn't, but I have read that it's like definitely going to be a trilogy. I want to watch it. I just uh, haven't found the time. I went and saw Ant-Man and the Wasp, and frankly, I'm going to see the new The Rock movie this weekend. <laughs> Which one is it? Uh, is it The Rampage? No, Skyscraper. Oh, right, right. That did come out. Man, by the end of this year, he's going to be in like five movies. I mean, he brings in the money at the box office. He is great, and I love everything. Have, did you see the casting reveal about uh, or casting information about the Hobbs and uh, other guy movie? Hobbs and what? Hobbs is the name. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs is the name of uh, his character in Fast and Furious, and Shaw is the name of. Jason Statham's character, and they kind of developed a bromance in the last Fast and Furious movie, and they're having a spinoff movie before the next Fast and Furious movie, Fast Nine. There's gonna, it's, I think it's called Hobbs and Shaw, and it starts shooting soon. And they revealed that the bad guy in that movie is Idris Elba. Oh, really? It's gonna be like I've said this before, I'm sure, but like The Rock, the truest iteration of The Rock, the most pure distillation of The Rock is The Rock in Fast and Furious movies. And the fact that we're getting a spinoff of just The Rock and Jason Statham is going to be so, so... I'm so excited for it. Frankly, I'm more interested in watching that movie than going back and watching the Fast and Furious movies. Well, so the one thing I'm worried about is they have said... The director has said they're going to try and ground it more in reality, which I think is maybe a mistake, <laughs> because I love all the insane stuff that happens. See, in, that's some of the stuff that's been keeping me away from that franchise. No, it's so good. There's a scene... I'm, I think I've talked about this, but uh, there's like a scene in Fate of the Furious where The Rock is angry, and he just punches like a steel shipping container, and he dents it. That's not possible to do. That's no. like... And he just does stuff like he just he it you can't handcuff him because he can rip apart all handcuffs. He's punched through stone walls before. Like there's a part yeah, where he's I'm, interrogating. I'm not sure a that that's making it better. No, it is making it better. And I'm worried <laughs> that uh, Hobbs and Shaw is going to be like a much more grounded movie. I don't think it will be because it's Jason Statham and The Rock. But I am over the moon that they're getting Idris Elba as well because he is also great. And I can't. I'm just. I'm so excited for this. I do like Idris Elba a lot. So I. I don't know. I might watch that movie if it comes out, but... I would love to watch the Fast and Furious movies with you and see if I can get you to like them. Maybe that'll happen one day. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, should we talk about Westworld or should we save it? I think we're going to be running real long if we try to uh, dip our toes in Westworld. <laughs> so maybe we'll either save it for next week or maybe we'll do like its own separate thing. Yeah, I would be into that. Because there's a lot to unpack there. Anyway... My voice is dying on me, so I think we should wrap this up. <laughs> we took a break, but we're going to be back at it on the channel. We've already got a bunch of videos ready to go, so uh, keep your eyes peeled to that channel. We're, yeah, we're back, and we're going to be doing more stuff. So uh, thank you for joining us. Follow us on Twitter, and uh, yeah, you can catch the podcast in all sorts of places these days it's on uh podbean it's on itunes and uh, google play and pocket Cast. take a look uh yeah and we'll see you next time goodbye, goodbye.